All right. Well, that was kind of a scary intro there. Our uh, producer, Mark Boffo, man. That was about a road rage incident. That's scary when that happens. Especially when the dude's got a pickup truck, because you never know. Take a picture of his license plate, call the police. It's real simple. That's what you do. There are better ways around it. Is there? If you got time, you just follow to where the person's parking their car. I mean, that's that's the extreme, isn't it? Just wait. So I'm going to follow a knob around just so I can do what? Bide your time. Anyhow. Hmm. Too many knobs in the world. Why well, waste your time? The Blue Jays are suffering from rispy rage, runners in scoring position rage. Huh. Hey, they are by. Have we checked the updated numbers? What did you tell me last night, Barker, on Blue Jay Central? They are the worst team with runners in scoring position. Their team average is like 20 points lower than the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks. The and Orioles are 28th. Shout out, shout out, by the way. Shout out, shout out to the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles one of my have become one of my favorite teams in baseball. As I look at the standings, they are tied with the Boston Red Sox. They're 10 and 16. And I love this. The folks at MLB.com have put the Orioles just in front of the Red Sox just because I'm sure they're saying, well, it's alphabetical because B.A. comes before B.O. No, it's because they're poking fun at the Red Sox. So congrats to all you Red Sox fans out there waking up this morning. Enjoy your last place team. Uh, the Blue Jays lost 6-5 to Cleveland last night, Kevin. One for 10 with runners in scoring position. Oof. Zach Collins, the only hit with runners in scoring position. A two-run double. Uh, there's lots of bad to talk about in this game. Let's get to the good, though. Bo Bichette, three for five. A couple of runs scored. Vladdy homered. He scored a run as well after being hit by a pitch. So for one of the few times in recent uh, days, the top of the order really driving the Jays' offense. Bad news. Well, this is good news. Alejandro Kirk hit a leadoff home run in the seventh inning, his first home run of the year. Bradley Zimmer bunts to get on base. Steals second. So you've got a man in second, none out. Rymel Tapia, who was playing for George Springer, who had the day off. Sure he did. It's into a uh, grounds out. Moves Zimmer to third. Bo Bichette pops up. Vladdy draws a walk. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Gets into a fielder's choice, and that was pretty much the uh, pretty much the end of things. What were those numbers? A lot. To Jays with runners in scoring <laughs> position so far this year. Matt Chapman five for twenty-seven. Bo four for twenty-three. George Springer five for twenty-two. Gurriel two for twenty-one. Vladdy six for twenty-one. They have the third most strikeouts in baseball. With Alejandro Kirk, too, you forgot to say is one for fifteen. Uh, whatever. Well, that's your main guys. <laughs> guys that normally are coming up when it matters the most. You know, it's not it's not about the 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 role players now. It's about the main guys when they come up and they're not having good at bats. You know, the, I, like we we ask who who would benefit the most with the Oscar Hernandez coming back, and the everybody. One, no, not well. I guess that's an easy answer. Anybody can say everybody. I think okay, thanks, obvious. But the one guy for me at <coughs> least that's trying won't. not me. I think I think Lourdes. Is you can you can see it when they intentionally walk without intentionally walking, Vladdy, him standing over there going, "Okay, now what do I do?" 
Yeah, although I, I'm going to say, I mean, there have been times during Teoscar Hernandez's absence, and we will deal with that, by the way. Teoscar Hernandez had another home run yesterday in Dunedin. There's a locker at Progressive Field in Cleveland with his jersey in it, spikes the whole thing. Uh, it was thought that he might join the Jays tomorrow. It's thought he might join them today, although Dan Schulman uh, telling uh Sounds like he, he will the join show, them today. He's just not playing today. Yeah. Uh, so it may be Saturday before you get to see Teoscar Hernandez, uh, back in the lineup. Having said that, um, again, as we mentioned, one for 10 with runners in scoring position, uh, not good enough against, uh, you know, a, a guardians team that came as advertised They're just pesky. And there's no other way to describe that lineup. They're pesky. I was going to say though, I thought there have been, there have been flashes this year where Lourdes or during Teoscar's absence were, were Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Um, I mean, I, I, I think he's done, I think he's done okay in Teoscar's absence. I think the fact that Teoscar's absence coincide, coincided with Bo Bichette scuffling and with Vladdy scuffling as well. Um, I think that also had an impact on on Guriel. I mean, the 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 the, the three four five has been kind of a a dry area for the Blue Jays maybe, for much of the year. Maybe a little of that Alejandro Kirk factor too. You know, we we talk about when you look at him playing every single day, how yeah. it looks on both sides of the ball. Yep. Lourdes is a little bit of that too. When it comes to you're expecting him to carry a team, at least help pick up the slack when one guy's not in there, a couple of guys are struggling. Maybe he's not capable of doing that. That's Maybe he's a complimentary player instead of one of those guys that can go jump on my back. I'm going to do these kind of things. You could tell a little bit when you're watching his at-bats. He is really far off the plate. That's the one thing that I've noticed. And I know that's on purpose, but, man. But we were talking the, the about. The kind of plate okay, coverage that you on, have to have. We is, were talking um, about that as being a strength going into the year. I, yeah, I guess. I think there's a lot of those. If I see it, I, do you not think a really good pitching coach, a lot of khakis, and a really good pitcher sees that, man, look where he's standing in the batter's box. And I, they know what we know, that he is a long-armed hitter who wants to stay inside the baseball and think right center and is a pretty good breaking ball hitter. That's why they've moved him off the plate because of his long arms, and they think that can take away a little bit of that out and around that he occasionally does. Maybe he gets off to a little bit of a, of a quicker start. I just think when when – you see consistently what he's seeing. Maybe you got to mix it up a little. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's not going to work, and I'm not saying the changes right. are nice, <laughs> and you're doing things to make you maybe get off to a little bit of a hotter start, but let's be honest. You, you can tell the way, basically, they're trying to get out every single one of those right-handed hitters, except maybe Bo. Bo, you know, Bo, the, that's, we're going to live on the outskirts <laughs> of the strike zone because they know he's very aggressive. And now he's in one of those hot streaks where he's doing everything right with his lower half. And you can tell because of all the things that Bo can do offensively, it's showing up. And that, that would just tell you rhythm and timing is huge for him. It's my point with Bo. When he gets on that backside and he's using it, he's not falling across the plate, tells you on, that he's on time. And now the barrel, he feels it and he can throw it to where he wants it to go. And now it doesn't have to be right down the middle for him to get hits because now he can use the entire field. But Bo's a special guy when it comes to those kind of things. It's just all about sort of that part of it. And maybe Lourdes is not one of those guys. 
Uh, let's talk about Jose Barrios's night. That's probably the, I mean, ho-hum, Jays don't hit with runners in scoring position. Ho-hum, they play another one-run game. You know, rinse and repeat. Uh, Jose Barrios's outing last night, though. No strikeouts. Every ball that was put in play was 93 miles an hour plus. That was only the sixth time in 154 starts. Sorry, 154 outings that uh, he didn't strike anybody out. Um, he missed, I believe, five bats last night. Four bats, five bats. Anyhow, he didn't miss a lot of bats last night. Now, we saw trainer Jose Menestrel and Pete Walker come out to the mound after that four-pitch walk to, uh, to Stephen Kwan. He stayed in the game. It was a wet, damp night. It had been raining from about the second inning on pretty, 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 pretty heavily, or not heavily, but pretty regularly. It was obvious that Jose Barrios was not all that comfortable on the mound. He talked about he had a difficult time standing up, delivering his pitch. You know, I've got to think that maybe the grip in some of his off-speed pitches was affected by that. But, Kevin, this is a guy who, and I'm not, Jose Barrios generally doesn't make excuses. This is a guy who's pitched most of his career in Minnesota. I would have to think he's pitched in colder, wetter weather than what we saw last night. What did you see, though, from from Jose Barrios? Combination of a bunch of things. Again, we're, I, I don't want to speak for him. Maybe that's the case. Maybe it was slick. He couldn't find the that's grip possible. on the baseball. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean it, it's, it, it's possible. I guess. For me, it was a combination of, of, a, of a lot of things. It was some bad luck. You could tell two strikes. They gave up five two-strike hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of those were for RBIs. One of them was for, from a, for a homer. Uh, you know, it's it's the the quality of the two strikes. He would get to it. Now what? And that speaks maybe to a little bit of the whatever that was. Is it slick? Is it I have to grip it too much? Am I trying to overthrow it because I'm having trouble gripping the baseball? Lack of comfort would be the way to put it. There's a lot of that. It's early in the season. You got to make adjustments. You go on the road, cold weather, different weather. You know, you you can't be exactly that same guy that you you have been at the Rogers Center. And and these are veteran guys who you, know, you think those adjustments are a little quicker. Again, he's had some good starts in a row here. It's very hard to come on here and and be tough on him, especially when the offense is doing what the offense is doing. It's time for the offense to look at themselves in the mirror and start to figure it out. Are you one of the best offenses in baseball or, or, or aren't you? If you're not, then it's going to continue to look like this. Or can you make some adjustments, in-game adjustments? has to be a little of that now We've had enough. You're really good at hitting, well, at least what we've seen so far. I think that needs to catch up to the starting pitching and some of the guys out of the bullpen, for me anyway. I don't know about you. The defense has been great for the most part. There's a couple guys, you know, you hold your breath when a ball's hit to them. On that's balance, just part of that's just, But it's been good. Listen, on, on balance, They're making the plays most of the time they should be making. Yeah, on balance, the, I think the defense has been, has been fine to very good. Um Certainly, it's been better at second base than I think any of us thought it would be. It it it's fine, Vladdy. I mean, I don't have any. I don't have any concerns. I don't either. I don't have any concerns. The, the one thing the back to Barrios. The one thing for me is the velocity's up and down. When he struggles the most, I get it. He said the spin, and that's very important to him, especially with two strikes. He want to make it look, and he wants it breaking. Right. Feet instead of inches. I guess that's a big deal. But the velocity up and down. We saw ninety once. Yeah. What's that got to do with grip? What's that got to do with rain? Hmm. I. Are you hurt? Are you not hurt? I did see him grimace a couple of times. Now, I'm not trying to say if he was hurt, that that's not. happening. But I'm saying maybe, you know, he's shaking hands a couple of times. You can see him making a face over there. 
that's me reading into things because he had a bad outing, and you don't expect that from guys that are facing the team that he's facing on a sort of a roll, figuring sort of yeah. things out, knowing what he needs to do. He's fig- he's fixed some tipping issues that he had early in the season. He faced the same team over and over again, which I'm not saying that's what he's doing against the Guardians, but I'm saying he's fixed those things. It's just odd that the velocity was where it was at, and it looked like it looked. But again – you got to remember, too, the, if we see the woes the offense is having, you know the starting pitching and you know Pete Walker's having conversations. There's not a lot of room for error. Mm-hmm. Make a good pitch when you have to make it. Like, it's a must. Because if you don't, we're going to lose a bunch of games in a row here. Right now, we're carrying the team. Let's not yeah. lie about it. And that back end of that bullpen's doing the exact same thing. And you, like you mentioned, the defense is, is – been pretty good. It's just the offense is not trying to catch yeah, on up. Balance, There's a lot of pressure Kevin, on these guys. Kevin, on balance, the only thing, the only thing that disappoints me about the Blue Jays so far is the hitting with runners in scoring position. If you want to expand that to offense in general, that's fine. But offense is down around the game. Um, I don't expect you know this team to... Frankly, I don't expect the same offensive numbers this year that I got last year because offensive, for whatever reason, offensive. And the minor down. league parks, that's a big deal, too, that we don't talk a ton about early yeah, in the they, season. They feasted off a lot, oh, of, a, lot of, a lot of minor league parks. They did. Uh, as much as their pitchers hated it, the, the hitters you loved it. You could almost say it got Marcus Simeon a couple more years. I'm just saying it did helped. It didn't hurt. I will, this, I'm with you. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little further with that. I, me, the strength of this team at least – the ability to make an adjustment when that team, that pitcher, that pitching coach, the khakis have made an adjustment. It's obvious that what the adjustment is. And they consistently, every single day, get out the exact same way. Why is that? That's me. I, I get the runners in scoring position. A lot of that's luck. And you mentioned the names. It's who comes up most of the time with those guys on base. Matt Chapman's not a very good hitter. He's a home run hitter. There's a giant difference. Being able to zone up, take what the pitcher gives you. Is that Matt Chapman? No, it's not. He's going to run into an occasional get-me-over-hanging breaking ball, an elevated cutter that's not 96, it's 88 to 91. That's the ball he's going to center field with. It's not that nasty secondary pitch that he uses his lower half. He stays behind the baseball. He slaps it because he's choked up to right center field. He drives in that big run. Consistently, that's not him. But it's the adjustments. I know how you're trying to get me out. If you're that good of a lineup – why are they not making adjustments? I get the pitching's been good. The Astros' bullpen's been outstanding. A couple of their starting pitches are really good. We talk about the Yankees' bullpen all the time. But you've seen it now. It's not like it's a surprise that you're going to get 97 with sink with a slider middle away that dives off the plate with two strikes. Now it's up to you to go up and consistently buy into, maybe I don't take the big daddy hack all the time, even with two strikes. Maybe I need to, and that's, that's not alarming to you a little? That the, how do you turn it around? You turn it around by we're buying into making an adjustment because you've made an adjustment to us, and consistently you're just not seeing that, and that for me is a little... Yeah, as, I mean, as I've said, I, I've kind of... I've kind of decided, or I, I decided at least early in the year to be a little... to wait a little longer than usual just because of, as I said, of, of spring training and, and how different it was, but we're... It's May 5th. Uh, it's at some point you've got your at bats, you've got the work in and the, you know, the cages, your kind of the workload that you would have it this year. It's caught up now, you know, that you would normally have. It's kind of caught up. You would think that if you would think that if you weren't 
You hadn't had enough spring training swings to get ready. You've had enough time now to get ready. Uh, that sort of inability to make adjustments does, doesn't concern me. It, it confuses me a little bit because we look at this team, we look at the core of this team, and I think one of the things we did see last year, even though, yes, they were helped by playing in minor league parks, we did see and we have seen growth in this team. If you look at a lot of the underlying numbers around the Blue Jays offense, you know, think of what the Blue Jays were like a couple of years ago. They struck out a lot, you know, and, and they've kind of, they, they've, they've turned some of those numbers around. Guys like Bichette and Guerrero as they've gotten older. And maybe this is, um, you know, They've been around so much now that maybe the adjustments they have to make are a little more difficult than the adjustments they had to make last year. Now, now they're making adjustments to adjustments. In the past, you were making an adjustment. Now you're making an adjustment to an adjustment. This is a third or fourth year through for you guys. And I'm wondering if maybe that's, that doesn't explain some of this. And I also do think, listen, I think not having Tay Oscar in there has, has made a difference as well. I don't know if you can necessarily measure statistically, the impact of not having the guy in the lineup. But it's pretty clear that Bichette, Guerrero, and Gurriel aren't doing what we're used to them doing. And the common denominator and all that is that Teoscar isn't in the lineup. Aaron Savoli last night came in with an ERA of over 10. First inning, he was atrocious. Gave up a two-run homer. Yep. After that, it was basically elevated cutter. Struck out the next four batters. Big, big giant breaking ball. Struck out the next big, four big batters. Big giant breaking ball. Now, yep. if I'm standing on the on-deck circle and I'm watching my buddy get the big giant breaking ball, am I not going to go to the plate and go, hey, he can't hit it, I probably can't hit it. He's hitting in front of me. probably a reason why that is. I'm hitting further down in the order. Maybe I should try and zone up and, and try and do a better job of getting a good pitch to hit. It's not like Aaron was throwing – 97 miles an hour. This was my point is, you know, sometimes you got to make those quicker adjustments because of who tomorrow is bringing against you. And it's games like that, that you need to get a little frisky. You need to make the adjustment. There needs to be a little bit more urgency to what you're trying to do. And that's my point is that at bat to at bat, even that pitch to pitch, if I see it, it is where it's at. And my swing looked the way it looked and he got me out or, or I was out in front or I'm doing something a little different. Why? Maybe they aren't, and it's like you said. Maybe the adjustments are just too hard for them to make right now. Uh, we're going to be joined, by the way, in the eleven and in, in eleven o'clock at eleven o'clock by Joe West, who uh, recently retired as an umpire, and uh, his podcast is called Fifty Four Sixty, the Joe West Podcast, which launched on May second, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of stories told. Joe is a very good storyteller. He's a very nice man too. So we're looking you listen it. to him talk. He's a very nice man. He's I've. I've been lucky enough to to meet him off, but he's he's fun. I he is, you know he he's fun. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I I don't want to get into the whole umpire thing right now because we did that a bit last year, yesterday. Um, Hyunjin Ryu, by the way, will make a rehab start in Buffalo this weekend, and we also mentioned Danny Jansen will be down there catching him. So Danny Jansen appears to be on the way back. As well. Last night, I mentioned uh, Kirk home, gets a home run. Zimmer leads off with an infield bunt. Steals second. Um, we talked about this a little bit on Blue Jays talk. I understand that 
you need to get Zimmer to third in order for the sack fly to be in play. I did wonder, though, whether or not whether or not you wouldn't have used George Springer for Ryan Maltapia, whether or not you wouldn't, because you eventually did pinch hit George Springer, who's not, a, as you've mentioned, it's a difficult thing to do. We saw again why in the ninth inning, George Springer pinch hit, struck out. Would you have used George there? As kind of, you know, you come back, you do have a little, I'm not going to say momentum because I don't believe in momentum, but you've, you've gotten into their bullpen now. Kirk's just hit a home run. Zimmer's on base. You're putting a little, you're doing what you're supposed to do if you're the Blue Jays. You're putting a little pressure on these guys. Would you have thought about putting Springer in there to pinch hit? Maybe. Uh, it's, it's, uh, understanding yeah. that, all, again, you have to ask George what, what, how he feels doing it, who he wants to face. Uh, you have to be, uh, you know, doing it in advance. George Springer's not used to pinch hitting. Can I, can when, I ask when, you The this, best though? pinch hitters are told way beforehand okay. on when they're going to do it. Okay, that's that's right. And you, But you're also, you know that if you use him in the ninth inning, you're going to face the dude throwing 101, 102, Emmanuel Classic. You know that's going to happen. And, and I'm going to ask you this. Would you rather have George up there against a guy throwing hard than... I'd rather have George starting. Okay, George didn't start. But what I'm saying, if you had to pick and choose, do you like your chances? It's an impossible question to answer. I, I, I know where you're going with this because of the way they're doing and, and who was coming up. Tapia's leading off. How, how's he doing against certain guys? You think he struck out three times yesterday or what was it, three times? Twice. Yeah. It, the the bats didn't look great. He was out in front a little bit. He got some good pitches to hit. He just wasn't hitting them. Maybe it's because you move him around the order. The, the, again, the routines even look a little differently with guys that are role players. Springer Top, was, Pro, Springer Top, was given it. Yeah, Springer didn't start yesterday. Um, and, and you know, we've I've, listen, I've talked about if you're going to give a guy a day off, give him, give him a day off. I'm just not – if you're good, if you're okay to come up and pinch hit in the ninth inning of a one-run game, you were okay to be in the lineup. You know as well as anybody, it had nothing to do with that. Uh, no, these I understand. Load it's management load games managed. are, yeah, yeah, are yeah, know, you know, they're know. planned out before these things actually happen in weeks in advance. Yes, I know. Okay, so it, it had nothing to do with that. You're, if you've noticed when he gets his days off, it's the travel day. It's the day that he has to travel, sit on a, a, a private jet – Eating filet mignon is the days that he has to have off. They seem to think that they have to give him that day off the, the day that he travels. So it's sort of planned out that way because they want him playing 145-plus games, and they think the only way they're going to be able to do that is to give him those certain days off. Well, do I me, like that? Absolutely not. I think you, your body just gets used to playing, and your body don't know any different. It just yeah. the, the more you play, the better chance you got of not getting hurt. And he's a very aggressive player. He gets hurt most of the time because he's diving all over the place. He's trying to make the special play because he's a special player. And it has nothing to do with how many days he's going to have off and those kind of things. Again, I'm not running the team. They're going to do their their players the way they want to do them. It's just sometimes when you see the guys are not in the lineup, the way their team's going in certain situations, who has to fill in that spot? Because you ain't looking like it's going to move around Bo and Vladdy. I know that's been a little bit of the talk with Springer's not playing. Do you move Bo and Vladdy up? Vladdy don't want to move. Yeah, that's so we can stop having that conversation. He just doesn't want to move. It makes sense. It really would because now you're you're giving a lesser hitter one more at bat, maybe than say a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. late in the game, which you never want to do. Although I made the point: if you walk into that clubhouse and you look at the lineup, and I kind of listen, 
it would have been interesting to see to see Charlie do that. But if you walk into the clubhouse and you see that lineup and you see Ryan Tapia is leading off, you go, okay, George Springer's got a day off. If you walk into that clubhouse and you see Bichette leading off, Guerrero hitting second, Tapia someplace in the order in, in, in the outfield, yeah, of course, obviously, George has the day off, but you're going, whoa, wait a minute. They, they've completely they've completely rearranged the batting order, something they haven't done in the past, something Charlie has not done this year. And Charlie's getting Charlie used to get a lot of grief because he changed the bat changed the lineup too much. So this is something they haven't done this year. I, I think that, that that's part of it. You know, we talk about how one of the things a manager does is communicate and all that. I also think that they are very aware of doing something that kind of looks like like you're panicking. They're not going to do it. It's, it's not going to be a surprise to the main players that, that know what would happen. It would happen on the plane ride. Charlie would walk up to Bo. Charlie would yeah, walk up but, to Vladdy. But the point is there's still – He would sit between them on a plane and go, hey, here's the, what we're thinking. There's still George that George is shock not playing factor. tomorrow. George yeah. not playing tomorrow. You guys know that we're hitting a buck 68 with runners in scoring position. We are last in baseball. We shouldn't be last in baseball. Occasionally – I, I, I'm, he's probably having this conversation. You know me. I'm not going to mix you guys up. I'd never change it. You guys are the best. If when you guys are going, we go, and we don't want to rock the boat here. But we are hitting a buck and some change when it matters the most, and we're not having our best guys in the lineup. What do you guys think? I'm sure that's the that's yeah, how you I work also, it. What do you think? I also I wonder too if if you just you avoid doing something too dramatic without. Tay Oscar. I just, I, I, again, knowing all the thought that goes into the lineup, um, I wonder if that isn't part of this, part of this equation too, because we, because we did have, you know, we did have a caller say on Blue Jays talk yesterday, look, resting George Springer is fine. Why don't you wait until you've got Tay Oscar back in the lineup so you can take George Springer's. That was your point. Yeah, it's planned already. This was probably, this is probably planned on opening day. And let's be honest. Charlie understands what they're not doing. Yeah. If Charlie had the blessing of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to move him in the order, they'd have moved it already. Yeah. Oh, that's a fact. That's fair. Yeah, no, that's I, a fact. I, I don't I don't why why is he don't. why is he not hitting second? Every every <clears throat> stat says that this team would be better with Vladdy hitting second. And we know he's get more at bats, we know come that up the more team, times than it matters the most. We know that the the, the quote unquote brain trust wants him to hit second too. Because like it, it makes more sense. If you gave the team ultimate power, they would have him hitting second. Um, so there you are. Uh, one for 10 again with the runners in scoring position. A 6-5 loss for the Blue Jays against the Cleveland Guardians. It's the first of a four-game series. And uh, game two goes tonight. And uh, I've got a brain cramp, and I can't remember what the matchup is. Shane Bieber. Shane, oh, it's a good matchup. Shane Bieber and Kevin Gossman. I should have remembered that. So it'll be Shane Bieber and Kevin Gossman tonight. Be lots and lots and lots of good pitching. Lots of good pitching tonight. Could be a quick game. I mean, if I'm Tay Oscar, do I want to come back against Shane Bieber? Absolutely. You're a big leaguer. You've been out for a long time. You've seen what your team's doing. Let me get to more Tristan McKenzie. He throws harder. Anyhow. I'm going to get a ball middle of the way. I know what I'm getting before I even show up at the park. I don't even have to look at it. Joe West joins us later on in the podcast. We'll take a look and show. We'll take a look around Major League Baseball. Talk a little bit about what happened last night to the... 
Philadelphia Phillies, and I will ask the question, Kevin Barker, is Joe Girardi the first manager to get fired this year? Hold your thought. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Liu. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Starling unloads one, deep left center, back to the warning track goes Herrera, near the wall, it's off the base, here's Nimmo around third, he'll come in to score, and the Mets take the lead, unbelievable, holy shnikes, the Mets with a seven run ninth inning at Citizens Bank Park, Pete Alonso hugging Brandon Nimmo like the Mets just won the pennant, they've done it. In the last few at-bats against Corey Knebel, the Phillies' closer. And if this turns out to be a season to remember for the New York Mets, you'll be thinking about this ninth inning for a long time. Courtesy of our friends at WCBS, the Mets flagship. Mets beating the Phillies 8-7 last night. Starling Marte, the double driving in the go-ahead run. They were trailing by six runs going into the ninth inning. Uh, it's the first time the Mets had erased a six-run deficit since September 13th, 97, when they scored six in the bottom of the ninth to beat uh, against the Expos, sorry, uh, when they were trailing 6 nothing, turned into a 6-6 deficit. Bern, Bernard Gilkey, talk about a blast from the past, would uh, walk off the Expos with a three-run home run in a 9-6 victory. And Jason Start. Jason Stark had a uh, had a stat about uh, that, that was something like the Mets were zero and three hundred and thirty games in which they were losing by that much in the most teams are. some some yeah yeah it's one of those it's one of those stats right it's remarkable how many teams lose a game when they're down by three runs and there's two outs in the ninth inning right it's remarkable Amazing. how often they go on to lose anyhow the uh, Mets. Uh, the magic of Buck Showalter settling in here. Uh, as a matter of fact, that comeback has happened only three days in the 60-day history of the Mets. The other time it happened, this type of a comeback, July 17th, 1973, against the Atlanta Braves. Uh, there are some people in this room who thought the Philadelphia Phillies were among the best teams in baseball. Best teams is strong. I, did you not I have, said one of, <clears throat> I said, <clears throat> excuse you, me. You had them going to the playoffs. Yeah, because I, I said they were going to win the division. Yeah, you had them winning the division. Didn't you have the Marlins making the playoffs? Like, we're going to go down look, this take, road. Take a look at the Marlins right now compared uh, to the Phillies. Uh, yeah. I like oh, their chances oh, better. You do? Quick question. Joe Girardi has another year left in his contract. It's an option year. The Phillies haven't – they didn't exercise the option this year, which generally you do if you really want the guy to stick around. Joe Girardi, the first manager to walk the plank this year. Maybe, you'd have to really di- you'd have to really dig in and see why they're losing. Is, does it have anything to do with Joe Girardi? There are, like, you know, as well. There are some markets where it doesn't matter. So you just answered your own question. Yeah, there are some markets where I it, where it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. You're losing. The manager's got a year and a half left in his contract. Put two and two together. See ya. A lot of expectations there to win. So probably yes. He, he has to turn this around and start winning games and, and 
having the you know stop having the losses look the way the losses have been. I mean, looking. the easy answer with the easy answer would be Cincinnati three and twenty two Cincinnati. But, uh, that, but, I mean, that's that, almost that's, that's not, not a, a manager shot. firing. That would be putting someone out of their misery if we were going to do that. Um, but yeah, look the Phillies. Um, man, I mean, they're just they're wasting another year of Bryce Harper. It's just not a very good defensive team, and and, and good good. Which teams, isn't a surprise when you look at the players play they good sign. Defense. They, they don't give good teams like the Mets. The Mets are a good team this season. They, they do things right. And they got really good players believing. Now, you can say what you want to say about Buck. If, if you think oh, that yeah. the manager has something to do with that part of it, where... They're five and a half games. Where, I mean, where, got, you get, where you get good players believing, and, and I do say good players. When you have good players, Lindor's having a little bounce back season after, you know, it's the, it's the shock factor of going to New York and... It ain't Cleveland. And going to New York, you have that little shock factor where you can't do things, certain things to fans and think you're going to make it through it an entire season. The Mets are on a roll. They, they, they think they're never out of it. And when you have good players believing in that, and, you you know, you got a decent manager that, that's taking up for his team when it matters the most. I know you don't think that's a big deal, but it's a big deal in New York. You, you need your leader being the first one off the bench and Bucks sort of doing that. And again, it gets back to this. He has better players this year than they, than they've had in the past with the Phillies. It's put up or shut up time. Basically we can sugarcoat it and say this, that, the other, uh, you got decent enough starting pitching. You, you should be able to get things done. Your bullpen is a little bit better. It has a, a few more veteran arms in there that should be getting people out. Has to be a little that, you know, it gets back to the blue Jays. You think about eating money and, and you have a, you have a blue Jay way. Phillies need a way. You don't play well, you ain't playing here. And I think that's that's sort of where that front office, that organization is sort of coming here. And and when you're Nick Castellanos come out and you're Bryce Harper come out and say it's doesn't get much worse than it's it is right now, that's your best two players. That's your best two hitters. Yeah, I mean things the, need the, to change. Look, the, this is a lot of people predicted this. Uh, you know, the Phillies. The Phillies seem to spend money for the sake of spending money in, in, in the free agent market this year. Uh, Kyle Schwarber is the Kyle Schwarber is a fine addition to the right type of team. I think you bring Kyle Schwarber into a team that's a pretty decent defensive team, and you play around with it. Like Kyle Schwarber would look great on the Jays, but man, with the Phillies, it's just I, I look around that team. And, and I look around that outfield and that infield, and if I'm a Phillies pitcher, the ball's in play. It's like 50-50 half the time that I'm going to get a play made. It just it seems to be, it's a very, just a weirdly constructed team. When you hear good teams weirdly talk. weirdly constructed you, When you hear good teams talk, and you, they're trying to out-thump everybody. They, they, they play in that little band box in, in Philadelphia. They think they can out-homer people, out-hit people, win a bunch of nine to seven games, win Pitching is much better. They're throwing a lot more breaking balls. It's a little harder to string together consistent hits like that and and score that many runs in a certain game. It's just for me, you hear good managers talk. You see good teams play. What do they not do? They don't give other teams extra outs. That's what the Phillies do. They're better base running teams when you're a good team. Talk about the Blue Jays all the time, going first to third. That's why you see the, the, the players that are on the team with the Blue Jays. Sometimes you scratch your head on why the Zimbers are on the team. Well, it's first and third. It's running the bases, stealing a base late in the game. It's making it a little easier to score runs. It's it's manufacturing runs. Nobody ever uses that word anymore. But the good teams are trying to do that. I say it. The New York Yankees tried to safety squeeze. 
I don't care. You had the lead. I don't care who was hitting. New York Yankees tried the safety squeeze. Well, it's probably to get a, to get a guy in the scoring <clears throat> position and score a runner from third with less than two outs. That's called winning would, baseball, and I just don't see the Phillies doing that. I just, would argue that, uh, given what we've seen so far from offense in the game, whether it's the baseball, weather, humidors, whatever it is, pitching. Probably not the best year for general manager to wake up one morning and say, you know what we're going to try to do this year? We're going to try to outscore everybody. We're going to try to out-hit everybody. We're going to try to bludgeon teams. And I really don't care if we play good defense. Probably not the year to do that. Probably not the year now, to do that. Now, bringing in Nick Cassianis with Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber, that's, that's, that's three pretty good at yeah, but hitters yeah, right there in a yeah, row. Sure. Yeah, but, but Some balance and, and some guys getting off to some slow starts that they can't but Kevin, that meant count on. But it, it makes you – yeah, they are. They, they are – They got enough names on the back really, of the jerseys yeah, to be th- playing better. Let's be that's honest. That's not – but, Kevin, you've – again, you're bringing in players that aren't good defensively. You're putting a bunch of – some bad defensive players some, on the field. Sometimes you can't always blame front mm. offices. Sometimes oh, you got to throw the spotlight on the player. No, the I, player's not getting it done. Listen, I, I think when when a front office puts together a team that everybody in baseball looks at and goes, that's one of the worst defensive teams I've seen, I think you can blame the front office. This is not a surprise. I'm not surprised the Phillies are where they are. You're acting like you're surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm not making the playoffs. I don't think they're that good. I think their rotation is good enough. I think the back end of their bullpen is decent enough. I think they can hit enough homers and, and, and have enough superstars in their lineup to be better than what they're showing. And I think sometimes you got to point the finger at the player. Not all, I get it. <clears throat> you know, perfect world. You want the best defenders all throughout the infield and the outfield and how important outfield defense is. I get it. All of those things are true. Good teams have that. But you look at – what division they play in, the names that are on the back of those jerseys for the Phillies, you think they need to be playing a little bit better. And to Joe Girardi's thing, somebody's going to need to be the 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 escape goat. And it's usually the manager. Yeah, I think and it's, it's gonna not going to be the general manager. Absolutely not. And they are spending a ton of money. They sure are. Now, having said that, that division in general, I mean, the Marlins are, what, 12 and 13, and they're in second place. The Phillies are still plus four in run differential. So it's not like they're, it's not like they're minus, you know, 38 or whatever the hell it is Cincinnati is, which is another story. I feel sorry for the Reds. I, well, I, I, I want to really do. The Reds are three, three, Reds are three and 22. They ran out a lineup yesterday that, if you went to a Grapefruit League game and you saw that lineup, you'd go to knock on the window and say, give me my freaking money back. <laughs> because even by Grapefruit League standards, it yeah. stunk. Or you would check and say, are, where are we in Richmond or someplace like this? Is this a AAA lineup? You played for that organization. And you know what Cincinnati is. It's, Cincinnati, a, great, it's a great fan base. It's it a really great, is. It's, it's a tremendous. great big Big regional fan base. They're like the Cardinals. They're a big regional fan base. They had that big-ass radio station that just you heard everywhere across the country. Uh, It is a terrific baseball market. It used to be one of the markets in the United States, like St. Louis, where baseball was the dominant sport, was the number one sport. It is really sad to see where the Reds are right now because two years ago, this was not this. It's not like this team has been a three-year tire fire. Two years ago, it looked like they had it going on, and 
it's just look, I you know, we focus on the Blue Jays a lot, but I don't like seeing a franchise that's been along around for a long time deteriorate the way the Reds have deteriorated. It's almost like they thought they made so, uh, quite a few mistakes when it comes to handing out money, and they're trying to make up for it. And the only way they know how to make up for it is just to, don't to make, the pro- make the product look as bad as they can possibly make it look for however long it takes. I'm sure they have people behind the scenes telling them that if it looks this way, you run out this many guys, it's mm. going to look this way. For you to do what you want to do, have the outcome end up the way you want it to end up, you got to do it a certain way. And it just looks to me on the outside looking in, you mentioned the AAA hitters and how the lineups look. And, and you know, Joey Votto's hitting a buck and some change before he went on the I.O. It's, it's just it's nothing that they, I think, thought was going to be decent has looked decent. Like, it's just they, they just have nothing to hang their hat on because of who either who they traded, who they gave a ton of money to, and people not performing. And now what do you do when all those things are, are, are taking place? You sort of have to uh, – this is not even a rebuild. I don't even know what this is called because now you have ownership coming out and basically telling a fan base, hey, if you don't like it – Find it. And what other option with, do you have? Deal with it. <laughs> it's like, not like there's another team in this. That's basically yeah. what he's saying. I, and that's too bad because I, I did play for them. They will come out. They are a really good fan base. They root – they're like St. Louis. They get that fan base just gets it. Like yep. you, you, you root for the right reasons, and you boo for the right reasons, and and you pick at at certain players for the right reasons. You make it hard on because they get it. That fan base gets it, and I really do feel sorry for. Them. And I got to be honest with you, their pre and post game shows are tremendous. Like they come in, they do it right. They they just spotlight all the right people, and for that organization to be going through what it's going through, it's a shame. It really is. It's bad for baseball. You, you believe that? With that organization and, and the big red machine my father talked about, he couldn't wait to watch them when he was when he was younger. And just Man, it was Johnny the, Bench oh, and the, so that whole awesome. team. Like all those yeah. names. You know, it's it's the Reds. <clears throat> and now it looks the way it looks. I, I do. I, I'm sorry, Reds fans. I feel sorry for you. They are 3-22. and 22. It's the second worst start in any team's first 25 games since the 1988 Orioles went 2-23. and 23. Lost nine in a row. They Three lost twenty out of twenty out of twenty one games. I, I was watching the game yesterday. The Hunter Green kid, five home runs. They they watched they 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 scored three runs, I think, in the first inning, and I knew they were gonna lose. They were losing. Yeah. yeah. I knew it. No, it's it is it is <laughs> I feel so I feel so sorry for them, but just because you can see it in their faces. Well, you've got you've got young guys. It's only a matter of time you've before got some we young do guys. something wrong. Yeah, you've got some young guys. A guy like Hunter <laughs> Green is who's you know, Hunter Green is a should is be a great one of the story. faces of baseball. He should absolutely be one of the faces. But who's going to tune in to watch the Reds play? Yep, it's impossible to even promote that. And I'm yeah, and you know, David Bell. I mean, their manager comes from a. I mean, man, talk about a proud baseball family. The Bell family is. We're talking generations. I know of, he's not a quitter, ball players. but could you blame him just by saying? I know he's not a quitter. We'd never do that, and he's never going to give up on that organization of those young guys as long as he can put a uniform on. He's going to go out there and try and do his best. But Kevin, you know. what does Joey Votto do here? Joey Votto is he's he's a different cat. We know that he's a different cat. Um, I find it odd, you know. This year, Joey's decided to become very active in social media, which is which is fine. It's great, but it's it's happening at a time where the team is just. We've talked about it. I mean, it, it, it's just a mess. You know, Joey Votto still gets a lot of money. He's 
going to get a lot of money paid to him next year as well. But you know what? Based on where some of the salaries are going in baseball right now, I'm still, if I'm a contending team, I'm taking a shot at Joey Votto. Yeah, I'm not. Let me ask you a serious question. I'm taking question. a shot at be, Joey now, be Votto. Honest, be honest with me. You think the Reds overpay for Joey Votto? His contract, do you think that's way too much money for Joey? Be honest. Not way too much. No, not at the time with a contract they gave out. No. No, at the time, no. I, but I am one of those people. If the contract, if I didn't rip a contract at the time it was signed, like I'm not going to rip the Jays for signing Hyunjin Ryu to his contract because he's, he's got another year left on it and he hasn't been that good this year. Because at the time, I looked at that contract and said, this contract's great. It starts a relationship with Scott Boris. I mean, there are a lot of things that go into those contracts. So, no, at the time when Joey Votto signed that deal, I thought it was a little long, but I'm looking at a guy whose career trajectory was Hall of Fame. He, I mean, you you know, I, it was a team. We talked about this. It was a team that was looked like it had turned the corner. They had some good young players. They appeared to have a committed ownership group at the time. I had no problem with that See, deal. I think the Reds are telling you without telling you that they overpaid for him and they gave him too long of a deal, too many years, too much money, and now this is what it looks like because they're trying to make up for it. It's, for me, I know, I, I'm only, I'm not going to speak for Joey because I don't think he can. Yeah. I, I, he, he he's is, probably he's, one guy you different. should not speak for. No, no, no way I'd even try. But I know if I were him, I would want to, honor everybody that's on that team. I, I wouldn't worry about what's going on in, in the front office or, or how the owner's talking about fans. I'm not worrying about that. You're paying me to play a game. Go out and try and do that to its highest level. And quite frankly, stop going on Instagram and Twitter and, and well, I mean, he's having saying a, what th you're saying. This is Joey Votto's contractual situation. He gets $25 million this year. Man. He gets $25 million in 2023, and then 2024 is a $20 million option which of course but you know you, you would probably think that uh um, how old is he 39 uh he is 38 this year so you would give a 38 and a half year old what was he hitting before he went on the aisle says uh, right there like a buck 10 buck and some change you give him 40 ish million dollars to well no i end I, out I, his career because i obviously the reds have to eat some money and you'd have to give up a prospect or whatever yeah, and take oh, a little bit of that the, money if it's the worth reds, it to you if the for me it is if the reds are going to eat some of that content then you get into that whole balance the more money you eat the better your return is going to be so if you're the reds maybe maybe that's the reason the reds aren't spending a lot of money although i think the reds actually the reds payroll if i'm not mistaken their payroll is still I'm gonna take a look. I don't know if their payroll is 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 gets back to that mistake thing. Is, is all that? I believe they think that, they. But I would made. take. Uh, yeah, if if the Reds are gonna pick up a certain amount of money, I'd, I'd absolutely take Joey Votto. Now he has a no trade clause, but I'd absolutely take Joey Votto. Joe, Joe Stick is, that bat number two in, in anybody's lineup. He ain't hitting number two for me. He's hitting a buck and some change. Like, yeah, but he's, he's, but he's taking Joey bats Votto. away for, he's, Is he? Yeah. Is yeah, he I, Joey Votto? I mean, I think he's honest. Joey Votto. It's not Let's like not lie about this. He's having, a, he's having a bad start oh, to his season. On. He's going through a tough time with who he's playing for. When he comes here, he'd have to be showing you something. Like, can he get the head out on Velocity? I know he's he's changed his approach now. He's more straight up and down. I, I'm a fan of Joey's. But you'd be trading for him. You're trading for a guy. Bringing him to a good team. You're trading for a guy. Who you think can give you some quality at bats in September and since, rolling into October. Since 2018, really you're trading for a guy who's at 261, 226. 266, now 122. He's had OPSs of 768, 800, 938. Um, 
I, I would still, again, they would have to, they being the Reds, they would have to pick up a lot of money. But in the right situation, I would absolutely love to have that bat in the lineup. And I also like the fact that he can still play a decent first base for me. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not, actually, I'm not saying the Jays. I'm talking about a contending team. Red Sox. How about? Well, not, the Red Sox aren't a contending team. They need team. a first baseman. Just say that. Say, no, say because they've got, they no, no, because they're, they're, they've got a guy who's going to be up from the minors. They're one of their top prospects as a first baseman. No, absolutely not Joey Votto with the Reds. But, I mean, I'm looking like a team, you know, uh, pick, pick a team. The Giants, I don't know if the Giants necessarily need a first baseman. Um, but a contending team, I would certainly, I would look at Joey Votto, yeah. I would look at Joey Votto. Again, they, they'd have to pick up some money. I would look at Joey Votto. I wouldn't. That's me. Sometimes you got to make tough decisions. You got to look yourself in the mirror and go, hey, is this the right move for my organization? Because when he comes here, he's obviously, you got to make him happy. He's very vocal now at the end of his career. Uh, and playing time and performance will make but, him happy. But Kevin, again, How do you get him performing Kevin, and keeping he, him happy? He has, and a no, he has a no-trade clause. So you, you have that discussion with him before you make the deal. That discussion is had with him. It's not, Joey, you're going to uh, Minnesota. Well, on the, on You've the got to have that discussion. On the bright side him. of that, I'm saying that discussion is going to be a little easier with the way the, the Reds are going and what the Reds are doing. You know, the, he'd probably jump all over. It's not like he's going to make less money going to another team. That team, that organization, be just sometimes they'd be, guys. They'd be thinking about things in a different. Sometimes way. guys are happy where they are. They'll look at Carlos Delgado. Sometimes guys, obviously, he's not happy, guys are happy by the what he's saying on social media and things like that. He's he's been he's been pretty measured. Anyhow, um, I just feel I feel sorry for the Reds. I, I hope it gets better. It ain't gonna. No, but hopefully they don't lose 120 games. Yeah, there are franchises I would like to see lose 120 or 130 games. They're not one of them. Me too. I'm with you. Absolutely not one of them. Joe West was an umpire. He's now host of a podcast. We might have some questions for Joe West. I'm looking forward to this. Joe West joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.